Hello and welcome to the Make Podcast Great Again show, where we are going to be talking to young conservatives in America today, discussing their journeys, struggles, and experiences living and growing up in today's day and age. We will also be touching on current events, discussing opinions, and doing our best to educate our fellow youth here in America. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Quinlan Leach, and I hope you enjoy the show. So today I am talking with Brittany Ann, Austin, Texas gun girl on Instagram. Brittany is 26 from Austin, Texas. She is a conservative, a concealed carry advocate, especially for women to protect and defend themselves. And she has been active in this effort on social media for about a year now and already has such a loud and proud voice with over 7,000 followers that has actually been called on to participate in some pretty awesome ventures lately. So Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Awesome. So I just want to dive in and talk about some of the events that you've participated in as of recently. The first one being uh, the Austin Women's Rally. And you weren't so much as participating in this so much as you were protesting it. Is that right? A little bit of both. I mean, I didn't really think of it as a protest. You know, I guess we were part of the what like our group was part of the so-called counter protesters. Mm-hmm. But I was just there open carrying and be like, this is just how I just decided to defend myself. And you guys just won't acknowledge me because I'm carrying a gun. And right. it actually worked to a T. So I was, I was one of three people open carrying. There were two other guys um, open carrying as well. I was the only woman. Wow. Um, and I just held a, my sign that said, um, my gun is my equalizer, hashtag not me. And I got at the very, very beginning when we got there, I got interviewed by one journalist. I don't even know who she was with. And but that was it. Like, literally, nobody came to talk to me. Nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to interview me. Um, Nobody actually, you know, from any other side wanted to come say, hey, why are you carrying? You're asking me questions. Mm -hmm. You know, they would just look and like, you know, be giggling with their, you know, with their girlfriends or whatever. And I'd be like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. (laughs) And they'd be like, oh, oh, I don't actually want to talk. (laughs) Probably one of the most empowering things I have ever done because, you know, in the gun community, we're, we're taught, you know, when you take your concealed carry handgun license course that, you know, you can't carry on federal land. It's, you know, it's right. against the law. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the Capitol being federal land, I couldn't carry on Capitol grounds, but then come to find out I could, and not only could I conceal carry, I could open carry. I'm like, wow. well, there you go. So at the Texas state Capitol, That's something you a lot can... of people probably don't know. Yep. So at the Texas state, if you're ever, if anyone's ever in Austin, um, out of state licenses, uh, for concealed handguns, as long as they have reciprocity with Texas, you can, uh, conceal and open carry on capital Texas grounds, as well as inside the building, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. God bless Texas. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) One of the signs that I found really interesting was, um, I think it said the kind of woman that I am isn't welcome at this rally, um, which was a rally that uh, I did a little bit of research on. It claimed to uh, say that everyone deserves a a voice and a choice. Um, So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, my friend Touchy was holding that sign and I thought that saying was brilliant because Mm -hmm. conservative Christian pro-life women are never accepted at these women's rallies or Mm -hmm. marches. We are always shut out. Um, they don't want us there. Basically, even like, so the one in Austin specifically for the past two years, they had done an actual like women's march through the actual organization, but this year they didn't do that. It was basically hosted by, 
um, like Texas reproductive rights or something. So it was basically a pro-abortion rally. Right. That it was um, like originating from the whole Roe versus Wade situation. Exactly. From what I understand. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. And okay. so, um, but yeah, like we were women that just had a different opinion than any of the other hundreds of women there. But because we have that different, very different opinion, you know, we support our president, we support our country. Mm-hmm. Like we isn't like, that sad. <laughs> it's we're not accepted and literally all I did like I barely even talked to people I literally just held my sign and just walked around that's literally right. all I did I wasn't even like you weren't causing any controversy or no you know. not at all and um so no we are not accepted into any of that if you're you know you're only the liberal that's the liberal logic they have they preach tolerance and mm-hmm. acceptance but only for people only that for have them. the same ideology exactly thought process anybody who and benefits their agenda and exactly you, you obviously open caring did not fit that agenda so no not at all <laughs> what but the, do, the, the, the great thing though is that there were three girls um out of they just kind of stumbled upon the event they had no idea it was going on um, they stumbled upon it and they saw me and what I was doing. And they're like, I just moved here a little while ago and I love what you're doing. I can't wait to get my license. And awesome. I'm like, thank you so much. Oh, that's so, so much. beautiful to hear. And that was worth it. Having those yes. three girls come up to me, just even if they were three, it wasn't five, it wasn't 10. You know, I didn't even care about the number, but three girls saw me and, and told me how much they loved what I was doing. I'm like, thank you so much. Mm, here are some things that you can about. look into now that you're now that you're in Texas. Here are some trainers that I trust you know, look into them. That way I can kind of help guide them in a way. And that's kind of my thing. I want to educate people, especially in Austin, not only that there, there are more patriots in general in Austin, there are also more patriotic women in Austin than people realize. And there are a lot more people who can still carry and believe in defending themselves with firearms Mm -hmm. in Austin than people realize. And you can't shut us out because you don't like it. Yep. That's so true. And and we're going to touch on that a little bit more later, too, mm-hmm. Leah, what, we, what you would say to, um, you know, young women today who are trying to, to get into that. Um, something I also want to touch on is the uh, hashtag me too versus the hashtag not me movement. And this is kind of can mm-hmm. be a, a, it can be a touchy subject for some people. Um, this first kind of came up last summer um, when people first came forward to announce to the world who they're. Um, abuser or assaulters were and we watched mm-hmm. as some of these men who seemed so powerful were either you know a taken down or b um, escaped justice again and you know for a moment it looked like this new movement was going to go somewhere good and then mm-hmm. um, some women came out and claimed that you know they were victims of unwanted sexual encounters and then when you had the men on the other side claiming that it was consensual and as a result it looked like you know some men were being taken down for um, consensual fornication and it, the shame and the guilt that the, the women were feeling for participating in these uh, encounters were now being interpreted as crimes by these women. And they were actually succeeding in destroying their object of guilt and shame being that man. And the whole uh, Me Too movement kind of turned into the destroy men movement. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you have a little bit of experience and background with this. So what are your thoughts on that whole situation? So I do believe exactly what you said. Me Too started out it started with good intentions um however the i'm pretty sure rose mcgowan technically started it in hollywood mm-hmm. now i was born and raised in outside of los angeles in a city called santa clarita so i grew up in los angeles i kind of grew up around that environment um first of all nobody should be surprised that hollywood is full of not just you know 
you know, just awful, awful sexualizing men, you know, just awful, awful men, you know, pedophiles, all of that. It's a very awful, dirty business and mm-hmm. it should not have surprised anyone. Yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest. I'm not, not sure why this anyone. was a surprise, but it was. <laughs> um, there was actually, as a side note, there actually was an actress and I completely forget her name um, in the fifties or sixties, I believe that actually wrote an article trying to voice that th- this exact thing out and but she got blacklisted from hollywood of course so exa- yeah so they tried you know back mm-hmm. then but it didn't happen so with me too it started out with good intentions and it got completely hijacked just turned radical feminists anti-man women rule the world i mm-hmm. just oh my gosh so i have some friends that have been sexually assaulted harassed raped in awful situations me personally I have never been in that kind of situation now whether Mm -hmm. it's just good luck guardian angel you know god being on my side which is great you know I have no idea so I don't know what they went through however the whole thing with me too is look at me I'm a victim Mm -hmm. you know help absolutely you know all of this you know victimizing always being a victim I'm like okay well you were a victim pick yourself up you know, join a support group, support other women that have been in that situation, you know, even maybe learn, you know, what can you do better, you know, so that that never happens to you again, carry something with you. So whether it be, exactly. I, am an, I am an advocate for women carrying firearms, that personally, I do believe that is the best way for women to defend themselves. But if you're in a state where that's not easy, like New York, California, etc., mm-hmm. there's a Kimber Pepper Blaster, there's a taser, you you've got, you know, you can put your keys in your fingers, you can carry, you know, a knife, like you, you can do so many other things to protect and defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And as well as, you know, learning self defense. Uh, exactly. You know, techniques exactly like my so my gun being my primary defense I also um do Krav Maga on the side so that is my second line of defense so I've been doing that for about a for about a year and he's also a firearms instructor so we go kind of we go between firearms training and Krav Maga which is which is really great um but yeah no this is the thing they they scream about rape culture on campuses which doesn't freaking exist they yeah. scream about, you know, all of these things when they go into these boardrooms or these offices alone with men, all these actresses doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't take it seriously yeah. because this started in Hollywood. This didn't start in the middle of nowhere in the country. It started in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. I just I can't take it seriously. But at the same time, also with Me Too came the him too, you know, him too with Brett Ka- with the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Now, that was just horrid I can't even believe what I saw like I really couldn't believe what I was watching unfold before my eyes Mm -hmm. Uh, my father almost was a victim of this Uh, he works at in schools in the city that he lives in within the school system and in the winter time it's very very cold so he's you know very bulky wears very heavy coats and he still rocks a fanny pack like it it works for him (laughs) he still rocks a fanny pack it's practical (laughs) it's practical for him and so you know he was trying to go through a hallway getting to where he was at and he brushed up against this woman who thought that his genitals rubbed up against her and all of a sudden he gets a call from a supervisor they've been working together for years he's like so this woman is filing a complaint can you just tell me what happened and he's like wait who (laughs) what what's going on right now right they didn't even know each other they didn't know who they you know they didn't know who each other were but but it turned out to literally just be his fanny pack now 
if it hadn't been dropped, you know, taken care of and like explained in the environment. And this was only like maybe two years ago. Wow. That's still pretty recent. Yeah. It's still pretty recent when the Me Too was, when Me Too was still pretty heightened. He Mm could have destroyed his career. My father would have been without a job. He's been doing that job for over 20 years and he's very close to retirement. And so if Mm -hmm. they, if she had pursued this, gone public with it, you know, and all of this stuff, his, his career could have been ruined. And that's the thing. Not all men are created equal. Some men are downright scumbags and don't Mm -hmm. deserve to be on this earth, but other men are just caught in a line of fire that they don't deserve to be in. Mm -hmm. And it just sickens me that that's what this radical feminist movement has become. It's just anti-man pro-abortion, just, Mm -hmm. just absolutely ugly. And I just, I will never be a part of it. I am on the side of empowering women. Not even, I don't even call myself a feminist. I'm not a feminist. I'm, I'm, I empower women to protect and defend themselves the best way possible. If that's not your thing. Like I have very liberal friends. We're still, you know, we all know each other's politics and we're (laughs) fine with it. Like luckily. And I actually, uh, one of my friends in California actually knew I was going to Oregon a couple months ago. And she saw my post about bringing a taser and stuff with me. And she's like, you know, what other things like did you bring and stuff? And so I actually sent her all of that information. I'm like, look, you're in California. A gun is basically not an option for you. Here Mm -hmm. you go. So, um, so yeah, I mean, anything, use anything, like stop trying to play a victim if you're not willing to even try and defend yourself. Exactly. And I think it's, it's, (sighs) it's a huge situation because, um, you know, they, uh, there's a lot of people, I think, today who would be feminists if they mm-hmm. weren't taking the stance that they are taking today. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the one suffra- thing to the be... The suffragettes were exactly. pro-life. They were not pro-abortion. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> what? It's important for people to realize, too. You know, I think every sin that um, a man is capable of committing, a woman is just as able of doing as well. So if a man can lie about sexual crimes, um, so can a woman. And if a man can hurt a woman sexually, mm-hmm. so can a woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's I, I love what you're speaking out about and, and what you're talking about, because this is the direction that women's empowerment needs to go in. Um, you know, silencing men and, and giving a voice to only women is not the answer here. Um, and victims of sexual crime have the right to be heard no matter you know what their gender is. But victims of false allegations with the whole Kavanaugh situation, um, they also have the right to be heard. And it's a lot of people would, you know, sh- shout and protest and scream, you know, how can you as a woman say that? And they need to turn around and realize that, you know, they've probably been hurt at, by just as many women as they have men. Mm-hmm. It's honestly becoming a toxic environment. A lot of companies very secretly are not hiring women. And frankly, I don't blame them. Women yeah. are literally becoming a liability. It's exactly. And you could not, and you more. could not even pay me enough to work for not just a female ran business, but an mm-hmm. all-female business. Like, yep. there are some of those in Austin. I'm like, you can't pay me enough to be in that <laughs> kind of environment. Women are our own worst enemy. Absolutely. And I, and- I hate that that's the stigma right now. And it's it, that's why, again, I love what you're doing so much. And, and speaking out about this whole, you know, not me situation, that it, all of this ties in so well together because, mm-hmm. you know, we're continuing to see men who are victims of sexual crime sit in silence and be told that it's their fault merely for being male while we watch you know, women, on the other hand, who are being controlled by rage instead of forgiveness, believe that they are practically superior to all humanity. Exactly. You know, it's, it's incredibly important for for people like yourself to be speaking out on these issues and showing what women's empowerment 
actually mm-hmm. looks like. Um, mm-hmm. So you I, I refuse. I refuse to ever be a victim. And that's the thing. I've never been. I was a lifeguard back in high school. You know, I swam in high school. So obviously, like every swimmer, I became a lifeguard. And I was at a lifeguard uh, at a water park in Ma- at Magic Mountain in my hometown uh, for a couple of summers. And, you know, like raging hormonal teenage boys, you know, they would hit <laughs> on me. Like, yeah. it, you know, it was inappropriate, but it was just inappropriate. It never got out of hand. I never mm-hmm. had to go get my supervisor. They never touched me. They just made inappropriate comments. And either like if I could think about, you know, a good comeback, which most of the time I never did because I, I was <laughs> awful at those, I would just ignore him. And we be all like, struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, I would just ignore him. Like it really, it didn't bother me because honestly, mm-hmm. it, as a female lifeguard, you have to expect that from men. And as a male lifeguard, you're going to get hit on by women. Like if you yeah, got it abs, goes both like, ways. It goes. <laughs> it goes both ways so if you're gorgeous don't be mad when a guy is whistling at you down the street honestly I kind of take that as a compliment I'm like oh hi how you doing yeah you know (laughs) unless they start to make you know very vulgar comments or something I'm like you know that's a little bit too far but like I'm just gonna keep walking I'm not gonna pay attention to it so what okay and you also know that you can defend yourself if the situation is escalated exactly exactly thank you (laughs) Yeah, I can't. Honestly, I cannot. You know, this is a this is a situation that needs to be turned to um, not bringing down other women or the other Mm -hmm. gender, but about seeking the truth of a situation, not what the media says and lifting that individual up, um, you know. Regardless. For the past couple of years, it's been jumping to conclusions before evidence Mm -hmm. has even popped up. People have just popped, you know, sending their love and support. This, oh, this is what happened, and they need to get fired. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's actually wait for physical evidence to come out mm-hmm. before. I'm like, no, he needs to get fired. Da, 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 da. And it's yeah, like, he needs and, to and resign, then it turns out that it was a completely different, and he's clear. And I'm like, okay, then. Well, yeah. <laughs> yep. And you know, facts whole... don't care. Facts do not care about your feelings, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, amen. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I think, um, we could probably both agree that the whole, you know, Jesse Smollett situation recently is a perfect oh example of them using <laughs> this exact tactic, this whole agenda. Now people have realized, like, oh, this is the perfect way for me to get attention. That I'm was going the stupidest to... thing I think I have ever seen. I'm like, you're in Chicago at two in the morning in the Cameras middle everywhere. of sub-zero temperatures. Yep. Like, I can't... <laughs> all I can do is laugh. Liberals like this, just they, they give me a free mm-hmm. ab workout because all I can do <laughs> is laugh. They give me the I best laugh because you, like, you can't make this up. Like, you can't. No, make you really can't. Up. It's so, it's so, it's, I, it's, it's devastating and hilarious at the same time because it's, again, a perfect example of celebrities and Hollywood using all these, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Hollywood mm-hmm. created the Me Too situation. Mm-hmm. They created this whole propaganda to now two, almost three years later. Mm-hmm. Now we can create false events that have happened and everyone immediately, two seconds later, sends their love and support without even knowing, you know, and immediately, you know, hating on mm-hmm. hating on Trump supporters agenda. and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you were trying to get a subway at two in the morning. Like, how high <laughs> were you? With your sandwich. <laughs> With, With your cameras sandwich. <laughs> like oh my gosh that was probably the most insane thing ever but even with all these other celebrities just I can't deal with the stupidity like most Mm -hmm. of them live in some of the most high tax areas and yet they want to go full-blown socialist and give Mm -hmm. almost half of their income away I'm like 
Good luck with well, that. Well, again, you know, they, they're trying to become best friends with all of these politicians who, mm-hmm. you know, are obviously going to excuse them of having mm-hmm. to somehow, somehow, somewhere or another. It's going to yeah. work I out I mean, that way. and here in Texas, um, Robert O'Rourke, not Beta O'Rourke, Robert <laughs> O'Rourke, the most Irish guy that could possibly be running for office right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, he got, I think the, the grand total was $79 million in campaign fundraising donations oh, for the midterm election cycle. And, but here's the thing, though. Democrats actually did not like him because mm-hmm. he would not share it with anyone. And I guarantee you that he's probably going to be one of the people that they don't want to run, even though he's probably going to be the best hope that they have at this point. Um, he was hated by a lot of other Democrats because he would not share any of that fundraising money. Wow, that says a lot. Which a majority of it not only came from the cartels, but also came from Hollywood. So what does mm-hmm. that tell you? Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, you know, the celebrities are publicly funding, you know, back and forth, whether it's on their social media or, you know, financially. Yeah, let's go to this $20,000 dinner for Hillary Clinton and try and get her reelected for like the fifth time. Yep. It's not going to happen. (laughs) Try again. (laughs) Try again. Nope. Never. Winning. (laughs) Winning. We're still winning. (laughs) Well, on a more serious note, um, in just two days now, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Parkland shooting. Mm -hmm. And this was probably, if not the most preventable shooting that we've ever encountered uh, encountered, uh, as a country so far. Uh, What do you say to people who see guns as the as the threat and blame the guns and not the person or the system behind them who could have prevented such a massacre. If you're going to regulate guns and you need to regulate cars, because statistically (laughs) you are more likely to get into a car accident than you are to get shot by a gun. The only Mm -hmm. thing. So when I was open carrying, I almost wish somebody had talked to me about it because I would have said this gun will not come out of my holster unless I pull it out. Mm -hmm. The, my gun will not fire unless I physically pull the trigger. Like it is an inanimate object just like a car is and you mm-hmm. can and sometimes you can prevent a car accident sometimes maybe it's mechanical error but most of the time it's user human it's your error. foot on the pedal it is your foot on the pedal and when we you know start suing people and doing all these things the first thing we that we ask is well whose fault was it who ran into who it's not the gun guns exactly are not the problem <laughs> people are the problem uh, it's and- such a beautiful analogy <laughs> It really is, but people don't think of it that way. We're giving no. we're giving teenagers cars at like what the age of seventeen years old, mm-hmm. yeah, and 16. they're the ones that are texting and driving. Their insurance premiums are skyrocketing. Mine didn't even even out. I'm 26 right now. It still is barely evened out when I turned 25. Wow. Um, and all of these things. So we're trusting teens with a car that can literally kill them just more statistically likely than a gun can. And yes, you are right. That Parkland shooting, it could have easily been prevented. The, like the, the details that came out of that, mm-hmm. honestly, it shocked me. I was shocked that police would not do their job. Mm-hmm. I, and, and it was—I think it was like it was ninety seconds before anybody actually entered the building. Police were actually arm, trying to arm themselves up and put their vests on. Nine, ninety seconds going by, meanwhile, while this guy is putting bullets into the kids. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of you know you can get protection officers for the schools themselves if you don't want teachers to carry. However, I think that if you have a teacher who, I mean, avidly goes to a gun range, who is you know, even though they can get mad at students is, you know, I guess what they think is mentally stable, you know, I guess 
teachers can go crazy or something, you know, not all Mm -hmm. teachers will do that. But if I know my teacher is caring and they tell the parents, like, if something happens, I will defend your children. I'd send it to that teacher every freaking year. Yep. I mean, that teacher is my best friend. (laughs) I would rather a teacher be in the room, have a firearm than then another, you know, uh, a school officer that's assigned, you know, to carry on campus that's on the other side of the school to try and get to where the shooter is. Like, you need to think logically of what is the most, uh, what is the most effective way of defense? And that's what it is. One thing that really struck me was, you know, touching on that specifically, um, Andrew Pollock, the father of uh, Meadow, one of the girls who was fatally shot that day, he's Mm -hmm. now uh, recognized uh, publicly as an advocate for school safety. And when asked about putting firearms into well-trained hands or ensuring that a training program should be required for all school personnel, Mm -hmm. um, he responded saying, you know, whoever doesn't think that that is a wonderful idea, I wish that they would put themselves in my daughter's shoes when she was on that third floor waiting for someone to save her after she was had already been shot at that point uh, four times, just praying for her life that someone was going to be there to help her and no one was there. So if a teacher might have been there, uh, a teacher, a janitor, a lunch lady, a gym teacher, anybody who would have been trained and would have been in that building, absolutely, they could have completely saved his daughter's life. 100%. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing we think that, <clears throat> sorry, that's the, th- the same thing on college campuses. Um, actually, no, before I touch on that, though, it also has to do with the parents because the, the shooter was a kid, right? It was a disgruntled teenager. Yes. As absolutely. far as I remember. And, yes. It's also parents that are getting firearms and not doing their research, not taking the proper precautions and locking their firearms up, not putting mm-hmm. it in a drawer, but actually getting a gun safe and making sure their guns are secure. And there are a lot of affordable options nowadays. Like there are so many options. It's just about overwhelming. And yep. so if somebody tells me that they're, that they can't afford a gun, so I'm like, then why did you get a gun? Exactly. And you have children in the house. Like do not, mm-hmm. if you have children in the house, you need to have a budget for a firearm and a gun safe period. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. That's it. Yep. And that was that's one of my questions as well for you know is was mm-hmm. asking when do you think it's appropriate for kids to start learning about guns and gun safety? Oh, um, I mean some kids. I mean you go out in the country, they start shooting before they walk. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, true. Um, it's true. So personally, my father actually my first gun he bought for me when I was when I turned thirteen um, is a twenty two rough uh, heritage rough rider revolver. It's basically you know little I call it my cowgirl gun. Her name is Annie. Her name <laughs> Annie Oakley. And she's my, she's my fun gun. Um, but that is the gun that he taught me uh, about firearms and firearm safety. And mm-hmm. I was, I remember I was very nervous at first, you know, cause I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be really loud. This is gonna be, this was really scary. And yeah. then we started and I didn't want to stop. I was so sad. I just felt cried when we ran out of oh. ammo. <laughs> but that's where I learned about firearm safety. And I knew like, this was a weapon that I only used for an emergency. And I knew that my dad and our house growing up, had um, guns around the house and I knew where they were. And he said, Brittany, if there is ever an intruder, somebody tries to break in and hurt you, you point this gun and you pull the trigger. And that's all I knew. And I never touched them. I never did anything with them. I knew where they were, but I never did anything with them. Period. So I knew that they were, they were a tool for self-defense and not a Mm -hmm. toy. And if you buy a gun, you need to take your children to the gun range and teach them that this is a weapon. 
This is not Absolutely. a toy. If your toy gun with the orange knob is a toy, we can practice with a BB gun. You can, you know, do whatever you want with a BB gun or whatever. But right. this gun, and you never right point here, that at a person. <laughs> absolutely, you take them through the firearms course, and I guarantee you, they will listen to you. If they act physically shoot a firearm, they will listen to you, and they will remember. Mm-hmm. And they respect you as well. And I think absolutely. A, a big part of, um, you know, teaching about safety can start with the whole demystifying of guns very early absolutely. on. You know, taking the fear and the curiosity out of that qu- uh, equation as soon as possible. Regardless mm-hmm. of your stance on private gun ownership, every child deserves the basic information to be a safe gun handler. And denying that, them that information is probably the most irresponsible decision that our educational institutions and government absolutely. have made. And it absolutely mm-hmm. leads to preventable gun accidents. Absolutely. And I mean, if, like that, if that fingers. starts with you getting a BB gun, then get them a BB, then get them a BB gun and teach them firearm safety with a BB gun. Exactly. Like, if that's what you need to do, because that's, you know, a cheaper option. That's what you need to do. Go for it. Take them to a gun range, you know, indoors or outdoors that have, you know, firearms to rent, you know, start them. I always tell people start out with a 22. If you are not familiar with guns, especially with children, I took my girlfriend, um, touchy and her two kids shooting for the first time about a month ago. Her kids had never shot before. She had shot a little bit before I had her on my nine mil, my VP nine, nine millimeter. And I had the kids on my 22 revolver and that was enough for them to really get started and kind of get used to that little bit of a firearm kick, mm-hmm. but to also teach them, you know, finger never, uh, never on the trigger, unless you're ready to fire. Here's the safety. Here it is on or off. It's a safety on or off. You know, I would go through the steps with them each and every time. And they respected the fact that I was there with them and that I was teaching them that, and they knew that that was a weapon and not a toy. Yeah. And it's a very, you know, the decision to to own a gun is a very serious and complicated mm-hmm. one. And I commend any and all for educating themselves and looking into it thoroughly and really understanding what that means for, for them. So what would your advice be for any young girl out there who is thinking about maybe not even owning a gun, but going through the training process and learning how to use and operate one? Go to, go to a gun range, go to a gun store. Um, well, not even necessarily a gun store um because they they, there may not be a range there but go to a gun range and ask i'm like you know i i really want to learn to handle a firearm you know what should my first step be and the guys there will help you um i know all of the range safety officers at my local indoor gun range about five minutes from me um they always help me out whenever i need it if i have a question about something i learn something new almost every time i go there um but for women it's just if you and Here's the thing. If you feel more comfortable with a female teaching you, do that. Research. Look look them up. They exist. One of my good friends, Alex, Falcon Firearms Training, is here in Austin. I am going to shout her out because I did do I did do my uh, <laughs> handgun license with her. That's awesome. She's, fanta- she's a Marine Corps reservist, and she's fantastic. Um, she does women-only classes, and sometimes that's actually a, a lot less intimidating than being taught by a man or being in a classroom with that's integrated with men. And that works for us. And actually, it's almost a little bit easier because then we can talk about specific issues like that without men like rolling their eyes or all of this stuff and, you know, being patronizing and whatnot. So whether it be, you know, depending on where you live, going to a local, you know, to a local gun range, you know, asking questions. That's really all it starts with is asking questions. And if you're and don't be afraid to ask. Exactly. Don't be afraid. Ask questions. Oh, my God. Please, for the love of God, ask questions. Um, I, you know, all of these stupid gun fail videos just make me cringe. They make me laugh at the same time sometimes, but all yeah. these videos just sometimes just make, oh, this, they make me cringe. 
And so, you know, learn right off the bat, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, and don't be afraid to raise your hand. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you don't know how to do something. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, because I didn't own my a nine millimeter until last year when I, before I did my my concealed handgun license course and I had no idea how to take it apart or how to clean it and stuff. So I went to the gunsmith. I'm like, how do I like undo the slide how do I approach to clean this, this gun? <laughs> exactly. And he's like, here's what you do. Da, 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 da. Showed me how to do it. I'm like, all right, well, let me do it in front of you that way. Like I kind of know the steps and that's what I did. And I asked the question because I didn't want to do it and then ruin the gun and have it like blow up in my hands. Exactly. And so. it, that's such, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think, you know, most women for peace of mind uh, probably try to tend to assure themselves that, you know, people are good and, you know, my neighborhood is mm-hmm. safe or I'm always, you know, they, they try to think that they're always aware or that they can prevent something from happening. And it's almost in this day and age it, that none of those things are completely true. And it's unrealistic to think that way. Now you can be so, in the safest neighborhood and something will happen. Yep. So it's, re- it's better to be safe than sorry. Exactly. And that's my way of thinking. So, and with that, back to um, concealed handguns with universities, I actually just remembered, I actually, I did mention that. Um, <laughs> yes. UT Austin, University of Texas at Austin here in town was one of the first universities to allow students of age to carry firearms on campus. Uh, that made me so happy, but it also shocked me because I'm like, oh my God, this happened in Austin of all places? Am right? I in some kind of fairy tale? But yes, on on the UT campus, if you are of age, you are 21, you get your concealed handgun license, you are allowed to conceal carry on campus. And I know a couple of girls that do. Um, That's amazing. Yes. And I'm so proud of that. And I believe universities should all have that rule that if you are of Mm -hmm. age, you should be allowed to carry on campus. And if they wanted to form, you know, a very specific group of, you know, work with other students, you know, especially, you know, night classes and be like, hey, if there's a student that can still carry, you don't raise your hand. But if you want to walk these students to their car, that would be great. Like, literally, that That is such a good idea. Any mention of campus rape culture ever. Yeah. Like, okay, so if you're going to keep screaming in my face that you're afraid of getting raped, then why don't you, why don't you have me walk you to your car and I will help defend you if something happens. Mm-hmm. Period. And then, and then from there, if, if they deny that, then it turns into a pride situation. Exactly. And- but yeah, so UT Austin has that. There may be some other campuses um, around the country that offer that. Um, if they do exist, I have no idea who they are, but I would love, you know, I'd probably do research mm-hmm. and do that. And get those names. There is a um, nonprofit campus group called Empowered 2A that is headed by Antonia Okafor. Um, and she has chapters in universities all over the country. And that their group is basically advocates for concealed carry on college campuses. And specifically from women to, if you're of age, to concealed carry on those college campuses. Wow. So there are, they're out there. They're out there. Now, you definitely have a, um, a strong group of women around you who see IDI in these issues and some that don't. Um, what would you say to some women out there today who want to get involved in these issues and want to speak up and want to learn how to protect themselves or learn self-defense, but don't really have a strong community of women to directly go to? What would be your advice for them in their journey for uh, finding that or even becoming that strength for themselves? Take a deep breath. And realize that you never want to be a victim. And as soon as you get that mindset, you will, no matter how introverted you are, you will become a little bit extroverted to get the job done and to, and to you know, take those first steps. 
And I'm naturally, I'm an introverted extrovert. And that's eventually what I had to start telling myself. Mm. I'm like, you know what? Mm, likewise. I'm, I'm not going to stay silent about this anymore. I have a gun. I want people to know I have a gun. And I don't want to be a victim. So I first started, uh, you know, seeing my Krav Maga instructor, Ron, with Tactical Fitness Austin. Um, so I started training Krav Maga with him. And then um, he actually, yeah, it was about a year ago, last January. Um, where I did my first firearms course with him and we it, technically it was for a photo shoot but we basically went through um, you know firearm safety you know how do I reckless fly where do my hands need to be you know yada 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 mm-hmm. and that was where I'm like you know what this is pretty dang cool I <laughs> like this and so that's kind of when I actually started to be more vocal especially on specifically on my Instagram about me being a gun advocate and pro 2A and getting more vocal about that, you know, posting, you know, filming my gun videos and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And basically that's just, I'm saying I am an, I am another woman telling the United States people that don't agree with me that I choose to have a gun to defend myself. And it honestly took step by step by step. Fast forward to uh, the Women's March uh, last month that honestly took a lot of guts for me to do. I was, I am not, I was like super nervous about doing that. Like, mind you, I may have been, I may have looked super confident and (laughs) all of this stuff, but I was very nervous doing that because I had never opened carry to that extent before into that, you know, kind of a crowd. The first time I had really kind a little bit open carry was at a free speech rally back in September. That was a very small audience. We were surrounded by, you know, people, you know, like-minded patriots and mm-hmm. whatnot. So that wasn't yeah. necessarily as big of a deal. But this was the first time I was going to an event where I knew people would disagree with me. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen? You know, Yeah, you don't know stuff. what to expect. Oh, I was super And nervous. people are crazy now. <laughs> you know, I, there's no – My God, People can say and do anything. Huh. Especially the radical feminists, man. They are some kind of insane, <laughs> like, breed of people. Yeah. Um, but no, so it just took, it just took that mindset of taking a step and be like, you know what, let me start with Krav Maga. Like, let's start here. And then mm-hmm. I got the money for my first firearm that I actually, my VP9 is bought used. It was in the used section. It was for a good price. And I'm like, you know what, that's a good gun. I've shot it. I've rented it out and I shot it before and I really like it. I'm just going to get that one. So I went ahead and bought that and I learned how to use it. You know, I asked questions again with my RSOs, uh, the range safety officers at the range. And all of this stuff. And I asked for help. And anytime I have a question about something, you know, gun related, Mm -hmm. I'll go to them and be like, hey, what's, you know, all of this stuff. And it's just about getting confidence in yourself. And even then, sometimes I want to be very introverted. Just start if you are just not into guns quite yet, you're kind of curious about it. Start, you know, start with Krav Maga, start with self-defense, get a Kimber Pepper Blaster, a Taser, um, and I say a Kimber Pepper Blaster over Pepper Spray only because it shoots up to 12 to 13 feet. So you, they don't have to even be very close to you, it's, you know, that you have like, pe- oh, like if you Pepper Spray for it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a fantastic thing to have. Um, so those are the, those are my two non-lethal things. If I either go to a specific place where I know I'm not carrying my firearm or if I go to a state where I can't carry right. like like California when I go mm-hmm. home to see my family, <laughs> that's what I take with me. Exactly. Um, it's about doing those little things for yourself. It's and It's literally think, the little you know, things that turn into the big things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a th- what a lot of girls wind up uh, getting intimidated by is that, you know, they think, you know, they're going to go to a range and, you know, ask questions and all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. going to be full blown, you know, something that they're not ready for. And mm-hmm. 
at the end of the day, you are in control of yourself and what you choose to do. And even just opening yourself up to, like you said, even just a self-defense course, it doesn't even have to do anything. It doesn't have to be about guns. You know, yeah, even just, exactly. you know, go, going to Walmart or, you know, mm-hmm. Bass Pro Shops or somewhere, buying, you know, a little thing of pepper spray, keeping your purse, have mm-hmm. on you at all times. Anything is better than nothing. That's that exactly. Point. And I will tell you, you know, the guns and hunting you know that kind of culture is still very much dominated by men like that's just a known fact Mm -hmm. and so there will be instances sometimes still with men that just will not care and don't want to deal with you and don't be discouraged by that like if they if that's how they're going to act you know talk to their superior unless they are the superior then just walk out and go to another gun range like do not be deterred by that kind of mentality because Mm -hmm. they're just not open-minded just don't be discouraged. Keep yeah. trying until you find that person who will answer your questions and take the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some of the misconceptions that people have had about you seeing that you're, you know, conservative, that you're pro-gun, pro-Trump, et cetera? Um, because I think a lot of the times girls are just afraid that, you know, they're going to be taken the wrong way about something or that, you know, asking questions is like a sign of weakness. And it's it's not. You know, I get those trolls every once in a while and be like, oh, you're paranoid. Oh, you're screaming for attention. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, yeah, or that not paranoia, it's defense and it's protection and it's, you know, um, preparing for the worst possible situation. And I pray every single day when I get up in the morning and leave my apartment that I that do you not don't have to face that, that I don't have to use my firearm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pull it out of its holster. I don't want to rack the slide. I do not want to pull the trigger on, trigger on another human being. However, if somebody tries to harm me in any way and I feel my life is being threatened, I will act accordingly because mm-hmm. my life matters and I do not know what they will do to me. Exactly. You have so, no clue, you know, the intentions of mm-hmm. people. Like you said, like you said earlier, you know, somebody walking down the street may say something to you and that's okay, but you don't know what their intentions are. And Absolutely. if you, you can't, you can't predict and say, you know, oh, I know that person was harmless again. You know, I live in a safe neighborhood. You, you don't know that as a fact. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, for, yeah. and for attention wise, you know, I was getting those comments on there every now and then. And I'm like, what attention? I open carried at a women's rally and literally nobody talked to me. So what kind <laughs> yeah. of attention it's, are you, it's could surprising, you possibly isn't it? You be know, talking about? On social media, people right. are right there front and center. But in real life, it's a totally different situation. And, and you know, it, it is a little bit unnerving when you first start carrying a firearm. You know, you want to make sure you do your proper research depending on the gun that you choose. Mm-hmm. I carry right now an HK VP9. It's a full size 9mm. HK is very well known for its for making their guns very heavy. So my gun is very heavy. So it is big. Um, I can't carry it on me. So I do purse carry. And it took me a while to find the right purse for it. And ultimately, mm-hmm. I did choose um, a 511 tactical purse. They have, uh, it came with a backpack, but it has like a little slot, a little, uh, a little pocket on the, in the back of it that's like right next to my hip that can fit, you know, pretty much any size firearm at this point that's not a rifle, you know. You just adapt to what you need. And so if you're not comfortable maybe carrying on body yet, start with a purse, even if it's a small gun, you know. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, there's a lot of options nowadays within the past, you know, two to five years that have been a lot more women oriented in the fire and the gun and firearms industry. And And a lot more women are taking control of that. Absolutely. Manufacturing things that we need. And I am going to give a shout out to one of my favorite companies because they do help keep me safe. It's Alexo Athletica, female ran company out of Dallas, headed by Amy Robbins. Um, and she basically made ac- um, athleisure wear 
with a built-in um, oh, waistband yes, that this. carries firearms or any kind that of self-defense so tool awesome. that I would you definitely choose. recommend. It's oh my gosh, her pants are amazing. They're so comfortable. I love them. And when I was in, uh, especially when I was in Oregon, I was able to use those with my Kimber Pepper Blaster and mm-hmm. my Taser, just you know, just so that people didn't really know I had anything on me. And so it was really right. nice. Have you know, it's it's the element of surprise, the easiest way possible. And I mean, who likes wearing jeans anymore? so I guess we're really especially if you're in college and you know you're a woman that where your college allows you to wear you know uh or allows you to carry fire you know to carry a firearm on campus you don't want to wear jeans all the time so get get a pair get a pair of yoga pants you know athletic athletic clothing that is specifically designed so that, to make you not print your firearm to where you can put that little firearm on you. Nobody knows it's there. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that you have all those pockets around your waistband. And it's perfect. And you have the ultimate surprise all the time. Where do you see your future in politics and social media taking you? Where would you like to see yourself in five years' time? Five years' time? Honestly, I, I honestly don't know. I don't. I like I do work alongside some of the Texas young uh, young Texas Republicans. Like I'm doing the legislative day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see myself ever running for any kind of office, you know, doing anything like that. But really, I would love to to speak. I would love to speak at universities. I would love to speak, you know, for Turning Point USA. They have the Young Women's Leadership Conference that comes mm-hmm. up. I would love to do something like that, and just to tell women, like, don't be afraid to be who you are. Don't compromise your own morals and standings and things that you believe in just because you're going to a very heavily liberal university. Well, and it's also, I want to bring back the mentality of men thinking, you know, maybe I shouldn't try and rape that woman because she probably has a gun in her pants. I don't want to get my mm, balls blown off today. That's powerful. <laughs> well, and think about it. The Wild West, I mean, I love John Wayne like any other person in Clint, in Clint Eastwood, but mm-hmm. the Wild West in reality was not that wild because everybody owned a firearm. Everybody had a gun. Everybody had a gun. There was no such thing as concealed carry. Everybody open carried. Like, that's what yep. you did. And exactly. women... Women were known for having guns, too. They hunted. They prepared the food. Like, they Mm -hmm. protected their land if their husbands had to go off and work. Like, women knew how to use a firearm. Mm -hmm. Even in Little House on the Prairie, we had, you know, carrying a gun. When when he was not home, she was carrying a gun. Absolutely. That's the mentality I want to bring back. And, you know, that's the thing with me open carrying. You know, I want men to, to get that mentality back of you do not know if a woman has something that can defend herself. So just don't do it. Right. And, and that's such an important mentality to have. And I commend you 100% for doing what you're doing and speaking out. And even if it's just something on that you're doing on Instagram, it's it's gaining traction and more and more people are um, becoming open to this way of thinking. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for joining me today and discussing these issues. Um, thank if you're you not so following much for having you. me. This was fantastic <laughs> to talk about. Absolutely. I am so happy. And um, if you're not following uh, Brittany already, you're really missing out. Um, again, her handle is AustinTXGunGirl on Instagram. So do yourself a favor and give her a follow. And if you're in the Central Texas area, she's going to be the on-site sports massage therapist at this year's Tactical Games. Those dates I are going to be, be March I'm 16th so through 17th. <laughs> you can I'm find so out. I'm so excited. I know. This is going to be amazing. I can't wait to hear more about that event. And um, you can find out more about the Tactical Games at thetacticalgames.com. So again, yep. Brittany, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. 
you so much for listening to the Make Podcast Great Again show. Don't forget to check the description for details about where you can follow Brittany and I. And you can also find a 10% discount code for Alexo, the original active carry wear line designed to hold a self-defense tool of your choice. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to see when I upload new episodes and leave feedback on what you've heard so far. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I'll talk with you again soon.